0: Hello and welcome to the Michael Mamas Show. I'm your host, Michael Mamas, and we're coming to you from uh, Mount Salma, USA, home of the Sri Sameshra Temple in the uh, mountains of Western North Carolina. Uh, Happy Fourth of July, everybody. Um, And so our our podcast, I guess, is going to, it is revolving, you know, more or less around uh, the theme of the Fourth of July, I guess you could say. Uh, And I thought we'd start, you know, well, the title even is The Integrity of a Nation. You know, what does integrity mean? What does the integrity of a nation mean? Uh, I think even the word integrity, um, we could think about the meaning of that word. Uh, I think commonly, people have a uh, belief system, or a uh, code of ethics, if you will, and uh, by adhering to that belief system, uh, I think they would feel like they are in integrity, you know? Uh, but if you think about it, there are a lot of different belief systems out there, and a lot of them contradict and uh, well, use extreme examples. I guess the uh, ISIS people thought they were living in integrity and a lot of really militant groups, you know, thought they were in integrity. So, um, where's the word integrity? What's it really mean? Where's, where does true integrity actually come from? Doesn't come from a belief system, you know. It's it's it place deeper than that. It lies in uh, para. what's called para. Para uh, in English, they it p-a-r-a. Para means um. Kind of means like the transcendent, the uh, unbounded basis of all existence. But it's also interesting that sometimes the word para is used to mean like innocence, uh, but not some superficial notion of innocence. I've talked before about how there's a difference between innocence and naivety, and innocence just means coming from the purity of one's own being, the depth of one's own being. Uh, And so if we're really in integrity when we're coming from para. You know, it's uh, uh, in, in, in the medical field, uh, being a veterinarian, you know, we use the word tissue integrity. You know, is the tissue healthy? Is it elastic and does it feel healthy? Or is, is it friable? You know, in other words, breaks down easily to touch even. Uh, uh, and so integrity there just means kind of like health, bala, uh, strength. Uh, and so health, Bala, you know, a person with just radiant good health, we would say they have, you know, Bala, they are coming from what? The power level, the uh, inner intelligence of their own physiology, you see? And that's integrity. And, and uh, so when we talk about individuals and coming from integrity, we're talking about that place of inner depth, now inner wisdom, Now, I think a lot of times, when we talk about coming from the depth of your soul, people might almost equate that with uh, uh, passion. And if if you're intensely passionate about something, then you're coming from the depth of your being. You're so passionate about it. That's my truth, you know? Uh, But really, uh, real integrity, real uh depth of your soul oftentimes looks more reflective than that it's it's more of a, uh, a place of inner silence and inner wisdom and uh profundity uh and it can be riddled with things that can appear to be such profound uh, paradoxes such profound contradictions like socrates you know the only true knowing is knowing you know nothing you know, what does that mean? Well, it means innocence, really. It means not being identified with something that says, well, if I jump through these hoops and the conform to these rules and I'm living in my integrity, but rather it comes from a place of no thingness, that which lies beyond things. And it's that state of power, the quality of the unbounded, the transcendental value. And from there, We integrate our being on all levels with that transgradient, if you will, from the depth all the way to the surface. And so that's what it means to live in our integrity. And it doesn't necessarily probably doesn't correspond with uh, notions of integrity. uh, Of one belief system, one doctrine, one uh, group of people or another. Socrates said another interesting thing. It's a famous quote. He said, define yourself, think for yourself. What, you know, okay, that's great. Think for yourself. What does think for yourself mean? You know, uh, I think it becomes, it was popular 20, 30 years ago, the hippie movement, I guess, or whatever. You know, a man who hears a different from the drumming, which came, I guess, originally from Thoreau, and you know, that's what it means to be free. That's what it means to be independent. Uh, uh, that's what it means to find yourself and to know yourself. Oh, if it were only that simple, you know, uh, because particularly when to hear a different drum a drum and becomes your war cry and becomes a popular war cry, then it's not hearing a different drum and drum and it's dancing to the same drum beat that everybody else is drumming to dancing to, which is, Rebellion, really. So there's a difference between integrity and uh, uh, just plain, you know, rebellion. Uh, but a para, it's interesting that another word they use for is unreachable. So you can't grab onto it. It's not a thing. You can't define it. But, you know, how many of us look to see if we are coming from a place of integrity uh, to see if there's some rule book, something we can grab onto and conform to, and then, okay, we're living in our integrity. We're living in our, uh, uh, in accord with our own divinity, you know, uh, at first glance, we might wonder what this has to do with, uh, 4th of July. I don't know. Maybe we do, uh, Benjamin Franklin, you know, after they created the Constitution and all that, evidently somebody, you know, thanked him for creating the Republic, you know. And uh, he responded something to the effect that, well, now we've given it to you. Let's see how long you can keep it, you know. Uh, Because if you really look at the idealized notion, now, keep in mind, uh, one place we get in trouble is that, you know, we – might be inclined to throw off the baby with the bathwater. In other words, every nation, every nation, every culture, every individual, every person has done things that aren't ideal, done things that aren't imperfect, that aren't perfect. And we, we, in this world, particularly today with all of the uh, personal attacks and then the uh, polarity and polarization and negativity. We tend to define people by the worst thing they've ever done. And uh, that's defining the baby with the bathwater. Oh, the bathwater is dirty, therefore the person is bad. No, 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 no. So the same applies to nations. There's an ideal. Uh, in our nation, there's an ideal in the constitution. Even the constitution wasn't perfect. It even says, you know, forming more perfect union. They know that what they did wasn't perfect, but it pointed in a direction, it aspired to something. And that aspiration, if you really look at it, you know, freedom, independence, that whole idea, um, and honor, dignity, integrity, you know, it all pointed in a direction. And I think one thing that really, a couple of things in history that really sort of say it in a nutshell, you know, George Washington had a general from Europe and he uh, was training the troops. I guess he did a really good job, but he wrote back to his friends in uh, Europe and he said, these Americans, he says, if you tell them to do something, they won't do it unless you explain to them why. And once they know why, then they'll do it. Now, that, that's It's very interesting because, and I think to think about it, it really does speak to the essence of the nature of the foundation of this country. It was formed in a way that honored people's individuality, honored the power value. It dwelled within the depth of every being, and and um, uh, was structured in a way where it enabled people to find that within the, their own selves. Now, that's no simple task. It's it's not easy to do, uh, uh, like with Socrates when he said, "Define yourself. Think for yourself." Not easy to do. because so often our thoughts are so conditioned and so programmed based on superficial values and indoctrinations, and we can get so passionate about them. But again, passion is not really, um, equivalent of our truth. We can become passionate about things that aren't necessarily in harmony with nature, consistent with our own true nature, you see? Um, you know that Wimbledon is going on now. And uh um, one thing I like about professional tennis, I think particularly the singles, is just by watching, you get a real feel for the personality, the individuality of each of the players. And they're from all over the world, you know. And uh uh some of the uh interviews are just beautiful. They were interviewing uh, Djokovic, who's you know the best player in the world right now, and um, they asked him what, what made him so tenacious about winning? And he's just so committed and so strong, you know, and, uh, his response, I, I really liked his response because I've always thought this about him, but I never said it or never thought about it, uh, as something to verbalize, but he was saying that, uh, Sarajevo I guess, is where he's from. And, uh, he said in growing up, you know, that whole, his whole country was in terrible conflict. And uh, so he and his family had to really be strong and self-reliant just to get through it. And he felt like that kind of created something in him. And one of the beautiful things about it is even when he mentioned his home country and all that, the crowd during the interview, because he was interviewed on court after he won a match. and." Uh, they just cheered. They responded so beautifully. And even though these words weren't used, it was just such an affirmation of the honoring of the deeper integrity of a, of a nation, the deeper integrity of a culture, even when it was in such chaos, there's a moral fiber there that uh, people aspire to. That's the baby, you know, all the conflict and stuff. That's the bathwater, you know, but uh, uh, then Medvedev, another great tennis player, they interviewed him. Oh, and they start talking about sports. And because uh, England, I think, is in some soccer final thing or whatever. And uh, uh, they were asking him about that. And he said, well, of course, he said, I'm for Russia. And just, because he's Russian, you know. And, and see, it's, it speaks to the heartfelt nature of what, um, every nation should aspire to the baby, not the bathwater, but the baby. In culturing and nurturing that baby, it's the fine fabric that underlies a culture that feeds a culture. It's that the roots of the nation go all the way into the power of value, and well up through that nation to feed and support the people. So to attack a nation, our own nation, that's I get, I understand because there, there are travesties, there are injustices. Every person has done things that weren't right. Every nation has done things that weren't right. And if we get caught up in that, and we define pers- a nation by the worst thing it's ever done, it's and it's not life supporting, you see. And so the, the 4th of July Independence Day, it's a day where we're celebrating All of these values and the deeper power of value that wells up through our country. And it's a reaffirmation of that, you see. Uh, Yes, those values are the values of our culture. It's what cultures are being. And those ideals are our ideals on the deepest level of our being deeper even than perhaps our passions of how passionate we are about the horrific things that this nation has done, you know, that every nation has done, you see. So it's a time by feeding the baby, we purify out the bathwater, you see, and that's, that's the whole idea here. Now the, uh, another interesting thing in history is the Alamo. Uh, what was it? 1836, I believe. Um, There was a commitment there to a spirit that to this day so embodies that deeper spirit of uh, what our nation is about. And really, every nation is about self-actualization. Self-actualization is a big word in psychotherapy. People aspire. If you even in business, they talk about uh, the most important thing to an individual isn't how much money they're making so much as it's about self-actualization. If they can really actualize themselves, the money will come, you see? But self-actualization is what feeds the soul, which it feeds the spirit. And really, at at the Alamo, these people were dedicated to the notion that we weren't going to allow a tyrannical government to have its thumb on us. Uh, We were committed to a world where we lived in the freedom to pursue our own self-actualization, you see? And uh, uh, so the Alamo really became a symbol of that, not just for the state of Texas, but for our whole nation. And you'll see it all over the world. But these things have become so abused in different times of history uh, and I've cited like the Bolshevik Re- Revolution, the great, great example. They rebelled against the Tsar. Why? What was the main thing? It was created by a bunch of bankers in New York, Germany, and England, I think it was. Maybe it's South Africa, maybe I can't. Anyway, bankers created that to overthrow the current Tsar, to overthrow the government so that they could gain control of the economy. It was all done of, by, and for the money. You see? Uh, uh, And so that stands as a warning, as a wake-up call to our nation and every nation throughout time, really, that we can become so passionate about something that we give our lives for, it. we revolt, we overthrow the current government, we do whatever it is we do. And we do well then to look deeper, look deeper than those passions, find truth deep within ourselves. And that requires, like Socrates said, you know, to think. But again, thought isn't enough because the thought needs to be rooted in that deeper place that we access through our finest feelings levels, not our indoctrinated passions, but that place where we're one with para, where we awaken to and live in harmony with that mother nature, the nature of life, you see. Um, This whole idea of entitlement, there was something I saw very interesting about entitlement, you know, entitlement versus self-actualization, you know, oh, we're, we're entitled to, I don't know, live this certain level of life. And so it has to be given to us you know, or, or how, in whatever form that, that may mean. Um, uh, entitlement, if you think about it, it's the ultimate opiate. It undermines self-actualization. We don't need to self-actualize, self-actualize because if we're Marie Antoinette or whomever we are, we're just entitled to be given all these things. And it just strips us of our own. You know, they talk about um, the dignity of work. Well, yeah, I get that. But I think from what we're talking here today, I think maybe it's a little deeper understanding than you "oh, know, will work. You have dignity because work. Yeah, that's true. But why? Because self-actualization, because coming from that power value, you know. So I think the deeper our understanding goes of these things, um, uh, really, the better off we are. So fighting for self-actualization isn't just acting up irresponsibly or just having a temper tantrum of rebellion because we feel confined, we feel limited, we feel unfulfilled, we feel cheated, we feel abused, we have seen injustices. And I I can get passionate about that. I mean, so there've been some terrible injustices perpetrated on other people, perpetrated on the world, perpetrated on me, perpetrated on you. But we have to look deeper. Yeah, we feel that, we see that, we know that. But if we react too passionately without coming from a deeper place of wisdom, we compromise ourselves. Um, there's a nice quote that I put in the blog introducing this podcast. and. Uh, it, it's from uh, Maharishi, Maharishi nashogi And uh, so you might want to go to the blog and, and, and read that. I thought it was very nice. Uh, Scott and Adrian, um, what else? Yeah. Oh, you know, 4th of July. You know, this is pretty interesting is that um, fireworks. They're having fireworks all over the country, right? And uh, they didn't, what? some time ago because of social distancing, but now evidently they're saying okay, fine, and so they're doing it all over. But it's being disallowed at Mount Rushmore. And uh, evidently the people who live in South Dakota are like it's just rock, you know it's, there's no fire hazard and this can't be a social distancing issue because they're allowing it so many other places in the country. So I ask you, you know, Adrian, what do you think? I mean, what's the deal, Scott? I mean, why won't they allow it at at Mount Rushmore? Maybe we want to just leave that for people to ponder themselves, you know? But it just seems to me that, I don't know, there's so many things that I'm just trying to put together in my own head. I just, I need to understand why. I, I, I wish there was a, explanation that you know would satisfy Uh, I saw it on the news again that guy in some uh, spa in uh, California completely naked fully exposed identifies with being a woman so he's walking into the women's uh, shower area with young girls and everything and uh, I don't I can't put it together. It just doesn't make sense to me, you know? I mean, I can hear the rationales, I can hear the justifications, but on a deeper level of my being, I'm sorry, you know? I just can't do it, you know? And there are so many things like that going on in in the world today. And uh, I don't wanna take too many sides because I'd rather you decide for yourself I just ask you to look deeper, go beyond your identity, go beyond your um, uh, indoctrinations, go beyond what passions have been stirred in you, find a deeper place. And I say that with respect to so many things, the border, Uh, it's you decide, but think, reflect, ponder. Does it make sense? And what makes sense? Stronger borders or no borders or something in between? Uh, It's up to you also defunding the police. Think about it, really think about it. Maybe it should happen, maybe it shouldn't happen, the decision is yours. All I'm asking, and particularly at this time in the history of our nation, with all of the incredible conflict and tension in the world, so much is going on, so many contentious things. I mean, we could make a long list, but I think you all know that list, really. And uh, where do you come out in that and, and why? And because this nation, it's going to tip one way or the other, isn't it? And the direction it tips, the direction it goes, it's a function of the sum total of the individuals in that country. It is not a time to be passive. There was a time when I knew people, oh, I don't, I just don't watch the news. I can't, it's not a time for that. I'm sorry. You know, we, have to really look at what's going on, and really reflect upon ponder deeply. And uh, I think there's no other day of the year, perhaps, that's more appropriate to say that than here, the Fourth of July, Independence Day. The integrity of our culture, the integrity of our nation. You see. All right, uh, that's all I got. Scott Adrian, if you have anything to add, it'd be great. I think that's a continuation of what we've been talking about, what you've been talking about for a long time now is uh, trying to make sense of things that don't seem to make sense and um, somehow coming from a deeper level than just the um, reactionary levels on the top of our, that come from the the surface of our personalities, you know. Yeah, that's from the surface of our lives, that's right. That's right, Yeah. yeah. And so it's a continuation, but I think um, you know, with everything going on in our country and um, the the news stations and what's up all the time on social media, um, there's just these hot buttons that are pushed continually. Um, yeah. from every direction. It yeah, it's exhausting. And, and even the vaccine, <laughs> we didn't even talk about the COVID vaccine, and I mean that could be a whole other podcast. But yeah. I mean, yeah. the conflicts, the disagreements, the uh, alleged corruptions and everything, even in, in that regard, you know? Yeah. Uh, and, and see, it goes to a point too, though, that this whole idea of extrapolation, you know, it, it just, it keeps going. The pyramid swings and over overdoes itself. Uh, cultural integrity is a good thing, but racism is cultural integrity gone insane. That's just one example. Cultural integrity, a good thing. Racism, of course not. Uh, and so many things are like that. Find the balance. It's finding the balance that's critical. This extreme, no. That extreme, no. Somewhere in between, though, there's wisdom. You see? I guess that's what uh, Buddha meant by the middle way. I don't know. Yeah. Hmm. Anything else? Well, I think as right. is, is, is messed up as the U.S. is right now, it's still... Okay pretty amazing place when you consider, you know, what it is that you can have in other places. You know what I mean? It's like, I think we do well. Yeah. That's a good point, Scotty to just live. I I've lived in third world countries, not a whole lot, maybe a few years of my life, uh, you know, India, Philippines, I don't know where else. And, um, you learn a lot. Yeah. Well, um, You know, seeing people live in cardboard boxes and things, uh, whole cities and everything, uh, and that's the majority of the population. It opens your eyes, you know. Yeah. All right. Well, I guess that's it. Uh, Thanks, everybody, for listening. Have a great Fourth of July. Bye for now.